the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Happy December 22. Taking a look at the markets today, we see ooh, a little bit on the mixed side. Did we get our stimulus? Stocks are mixed. Weren't we supposed to get like a bigger reaction? Congress has approved the virus relief package. Stocks are, I would say, struggling. We had a great year. We had a great fourth quarter. We had a great November. It feels like some of this might have been pulled into the future or into the current discounting the future. Apple's up curiously six today. Why? Because they're building a car. We knew they were going to do it. We knew they were going to do it. We knew they were going to do it. And then they convinced us they weren't going to do it. And the stock is moving higher on that news. The whole sector of EV vehicle infrastructure moving higher on that news. Apple's reportedly working on an electric car. Um, this is the company that has made a lot of news recently. A Bill Gates-backed battery startup is surging on the news. Tesla's secret weapon in electric vehicles is their charging station and their batteries. So anyone who plays in this industry or anyone who plays with the LiDAR sensors that are used, it's very interesting. Apple could start production on their car by 2024. Huh. So there's a company called QuantumScape, ticker symbol QS. This one will have a long way to go if they are truly indeed tied towards Apple's product. The iCar. <laughs> you know, Apple's next project is going to be the iCoffin where you get to be buried in a glass coffin and you can send selfies of your your decaying body to your family. Speculation on what will be dubbed the iCar uh, QuantumScape. That's a Bill Gates company. It's a, it's legit. But that stock's also up 417% in three months. So QuantumScape was founded in 2010 by Jagdeep Singh and backed early by Bill Gates' founder and also by Volkswagen. So they used, recently took a big stride in bringing a new major battery technology to market. QuantumScape's data shows that its battery cell could charge to 80% of capacity in 15 minutes further. Um, charging. Hey, issues continue to develop. I think the big area of stink in car battery technologies is the million-mile battery. Because you probably remember a couple of years ago, Apple got into some, 
I wouldn't say legal issues, but 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 they were legal issues tied towards uh, they started throttling down your phone's performance when your battery started throttling down from decay. It's some attorney general said, you know, hey, let's make a case on uh, Apple. If I win this, maybe I'll be governor one day. Um, it just seems to me that, like, yeah, of course you're – throttling down your phone's performance isn't exactly, you know, attacking your civil liberties, in my opinion. But that's a controversial statement right there. Um, these solid-state batteries won't go into being built till 2025. So it will be interesting to see if, if the, the, the rumors are true putting QuantumScape right next to Apple. But Apple's a huge winner today on a day when the stock market is not. And Apple carries the stock market typically. Dow's down 112. So you're like, okay, okay, I get it. But the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 are, are flirting with getting back to break even. End of the year, a lot going on there. Big risks for 2021. Um, yesterday we got a bit of a taste of it. One of the big risks is whether or not this is all going to fall apart. And what I mean by that, um, as the flu, the COVID-19 strain has been lingering, it's starting to alter itself and mutate. Typically, this is not going to be a problem. In reality, we don't know. Typically, historically, the vaccines that we've developed will, will beat the mutation or help you enough that the mutation won't bring you down. But again, people yesterday were pretty spooked. So big risk for 2021 will be the vaccine rollout. Will there be hiccups? Um, because we've had such a good year, we are vulnerable to some worst case scenarios. Vaccine rollout hiccups could be one of them. Uh, we've already seen a hiccup in that the White House didn't order enough or they had the opportunity to order more Pfizer vaccine and they chose not to. There's some countries like Canada that has enough vaccine to vaccinate all their population. New Zealand's got enough vaccine to populate uh, to vaccinate all their population and even give some to some local Philippine islands. So that's a big risk for 2021. Another big risk is <clears throat> hiccups tied towards, you know, uh, allergic reactions. And what sort of the population says, I'm not going to do it. Another big outcome risk for 2021 for the market, it could be the Georgia Senate runoffs. A more Democrat-leaning Congress would probably set up a scenario of a different type of investment scenario world climate than a split Congress. Some people like split Congresses. Uh, historically, I've been one of those people who kind of want a gridlock so that fewer big spending initiatives get done. The college spending bill has me a bit nervous because all we're doing is forgiving massive amounts of debt and you're starting to see people get upset about that. Um, like, is that fair to me who paid for my student debt? Is that fair for the kid who finishes school next year and has a lot of debt? It's just kind of weird. It's a weird approach. So I think there's other solutions, but I don't 
know if Wall Street uh, has the patience to let Congress figure that out. So we have the Senate runoffs, gridlock versus uh, Democrat control, or, or yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at. So you saw how violently uh, the Democrats kind of protested the spending package. <clears throat> the Democrats and Republicans were kind of fighting each other over it. So that's the gridlock. So less spending is the idea. Uh, another thing that could happen is as the, the interest rate environment starts to get better, that would imply the phrase firming rates. And you would see the Federal Reserve lose a little bit of their like Wall Street loves us rock star ability. So I would say the medium to the long term as virus hit companies have been benefiting from low interest rates, they're going to need to be feeling a little bit more hurt with higher interest rates. Those are the three things to worry about moving forward. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So let's talk about one of the big stories out there right now, housing, right? When you talk all things financial, you kind of like, what's financial to you, right? For me, it's insurance. For me, it's things along like cost of kids, uh, cost of retirement. It's the stock market this year, the stock market in the future, how much are you saving? How much are you spending? Real estate is a big topic for a lot of people. And I, I, I think I short shrift it a little bit on the show. There were just 1.28 million homes available for sale in the end of November. That's down 22% from last year and represents a 2.3 month supply. So real estate's going to be good, or it has the environment to have very good returns tied towards it right now. One of the big data points for real estate for me is time on the market. How long does it take a seller to sell their house? Because many Americans live paycheck to paycheck, and they don't have the mental capacity to go, I'm selling some, the most expensive thing I've ever bought. It's going to take me more than a day. A lot of people want their house sold that day. So when you start talking about 2.3 months of supply, that's pretty good. People start panicking and lowering their price right around four months of supply. At six months of supply, that's when the buyer's like, you know, this landlord's been trying to, or this homeowner, has been trying to sell this land for six months and it ain't going well. So I'm going to hold out or I'm going to lower my price. It becomes a buyer's market. We are not in a buyer's market right now. In real estate, we are at the lowest inventory count since NAR, the National Association of Realtors, 
began tracking the metric in 1982. The median price of an existing home sold in November was about $310,000 in America. <laughs> that should not be lost on you. I was like, what? Are you kidding? No, that's cr pretty crazy, right? Peloton shares are spiking today on a deal to buy Precore. Okay, let's scan your brain for a second. Where have I heard the name Precore? I know Peloton's got that fancy Apple-looking bike. Where have I heard shares of Precore? You haven't heard shares of Precore, I don't think. But you've when you've heard Precore, you've probably been in a a hotel, in the gym, and working out on their fitness machines. So Peloton is acquiring the fitness company, Precore, for $420 million in cash. First thing I saw when I saw the price, I was like, oh, no, we don't have another stoner CEO, do we? $420? is not that the, the processing code for America? Something, right? Like, don't know, Wall Street, you're messing with me. But that's what Peloton's buying Precore for, and it does not appear to be weed-inspired. Peloton says it expects to be producing connected fitness gear in the United States market before the end of calendar 2021. That'll be very happy news for investors and, and customers. They have a supply problem. So that will be able to help Peloton put their fit, uh, need, uh, users' needs first. Combining very talented and committed research and development and supply chain. For them, it's a supply chain issue. It's going to add 625,000 square feet of manufacturing capacity in North Carolina. So Peloton will be able to make their uh, products here in America and not face any tariffs. So Peloton has $2 billion in cash right now. And this is not a huge deal, but Wall Street's rewarding it and applauding it because it does seem to be tied towards helping them get more product in people's hands. Been hearing a lot of hay recently about Robinhood. And I think this, this is good because Robinhood is an app that makes investing a little bit too easy. And, and sometimes it's investing in very complicated issues like stock options, where you're you're going to likely lose. Robinhood's going to restrict access to master limited partnerships and other alternative investments like royalty trusts, tracking stocks, uh, New York Stock Exchange registry shares. So they're kind of growing up a little bit, policing themselves. And I think that's good because those are all, when I say alternative products, I have to do a lot of work when people say, hey, can you give me some feedback on this? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Robinhood is going to come public in 2021. And we're going to hear more people make upset comments about it. But I think the change has already rocked Wall Street, as you've seen companies like Charles Schwab offer fractional shares. Um, and start running for the hills and, you know, Schwab acquires Meritrade and there's just consolidation going on because the industry is in that, that dynamic shift period where trading costs are coming down, down, down. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing and more. 
<clears throat> stocks are a little bit mixed today. And again, we did get the approval for the virus relief package. People will have checks in their hand this time next week in theory. The question is now the first round of stimulus that seemed to be about extending your benefits. That seemed to be about keeping a paycheck in your pocket, right? I'm boiling this down because I don't know if I can represent every single person in the United States with a, a broad statement. This payment seems to be like uh, you could put that towards some of your debt. It doesn't feel like it's going to be helping as much. So we're really keeping our fingers crossed on those vaccines. Tesla stock is getting rocked yesterday and kind of today because of the Apple news of getting into making cars and selling cars. There's a long way to go until that becomes a reality. And if it, it, they could get cold feet and other things. But it's out there. So um, the virus relief package is set to include a round of about $600 of stimulus to Americans and another $300 per week in augmented federal unemployment insurance for unemployed individuals, more than $300 billion in aid for small businesses, and tens of billions of dollars across other provisions that are in theory designed to help the renters, vaccine distribution, and broadband in the United States. It's a pretty big and wide spending bill. And it's one of the biggest in American history. So it's not like it should underwhelm you you know, with a number, it just tells you how big of a number we're fighting against COVID damage. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. <clears throat> Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I've got something kind of funny to drop on you, and please don't get mad at me when I do this. Um, we're talking about stimulus payments, right? Who deserves them? Because I think in our head, even though it's Christmas time and the holiday spirit is supposed to be festering inside of us and brewing up nicely, I think in our head sometimes we go, that person doesn't deserve a stimulus check. Why are my taxes going to them? How about in our next round of stimulus, instead of forgiving college debt, how about we forgive some of the debt that happened due to weddings that never happened in 2020? Do you want to see how upset America would get with such an outrageous concept? So again, to you, if you have kids in college, you're you're probably yeah. Let's let's give, forgive debt. I get it. If you don't have kids, you you might be going. That doesn't make any sense. That the it was a deal that you signed up for. You knew it going in. I'm sending my kid to a average college in America because they didn't have great grades, and I'm going to spend a lot of money to get them a degree. And I I, I think it's great. Good for you. But 225,000 couples owe a collective $3.7 billion for weddings that didn't happen in 2020. Manage what you owe. Marion's really important. I have a list of things that you should do in your 20s and 30s. And one of them in your 20s and in your 30s 
is marry wisely, but also possibly and potentially divorce wisely as well when it, if and when it happens. That's how much of a pessimist I am, right? If and when? Oh, it'll happen. So only in 2020 can the cost of saying I don't outweigh the cost of saying I do. One in nine couples planning to marry in 2020. Oh, 3.7 billion in personal loans for canceled weddings during the pandemic. That's crazy. That works out to about $16,444 in outstanding balances on average for every couple getting married. This last year will have been devastating. Average number of weddings that took place down, percentage of those postponed up, number of personal loans taken out up. And again, it's supposed to be the happiest day of your life. You're supposed to remember it forever, not pay for it forever. So engaged couples have drastically reduced their guest list. They've married in backyards. They've canceled honeymoons. They've evolved postponements. A lot of people are, are taking note that any kid who's born today was probably conceived in the first couple of weeks of the pandemic shutdown back in March. And they're going, wow, what do, what do we call these kids? Like uh, flu babies or something like that? The average personal loan tied towards a wedding is $16,500. And that's nearly half the total cost of the average wedding. The average wedding in America costs $33,900. I need to get my millennials snap snapping their fingers and cutting those costs. I used to work with an author of a series of books. But I don't know if she wants me to bring up her name and her series anymore because I don't know how available they are. But basically what she did was she advised women on how not to spend a ton of money on your weddings. Oh, and I get that. So my first wedding or my first marriage, um, first marriage lasted less than a year. And maybe I, I, I should have spent more money on the wedding, right? My brother Michael, who is a scientist, and he studies vaccines and studies asbestos. Like he, he has an eyeball for the small things. Um. What's pretty interesting about him, he, is, he once offered his bride, I'll give you $10,000 for your retirement fund or I'll pay for the wedding. <laughs> that marriage didn't last either. So um, it seems like every son in my mom and dad's family uh, got married for one person and then the first marriage never worked out. And it's interesting because they stayed married till they died. I think we were looking for that or something like that. Anyhow, um, that's a little bit shocking, right? Now, let's also look at the other one that's shocking because I, I said, you know, bailout. We, some people would be pissed that you have to bail out students, right? Let's look at the way the sin taxes work so well in America. You can tax alcohol because the people that don't drink, they're like, tax them. You can tax smoking because the people that don't smoke are like, go ahead, tax them. Double it. Um you think you're into water and all these healthy beverages and you go soda tax, tax it, tax it, tax it. I don't care. It's them, not me. Okay. It's easy, right? So student debt has been a bit of a problem. And we're going to see how upset the liberal Democrats get with the moderate Democrats in the four-year presidency of Joe Biden. Because the liberals don't really like the moderates in either party. And again, 
in the Republicans, you're not talking liberals. You'd be talking about the ultra conservative or maybe the religious conservative. I think there's different versions of saying this now, though. So I don't know if it's that easy to label. But student debt has increased by more than 100% in the past 10 years. And it's a problem. And to me, the fundamental problem is that not all colleges have a cost structure. It's not a commodity. So we don't really know what we're getting and we play into the system. The cost of everything seems to be going up in colleges faster than the cost of everything in life going up in inflation. So the inflation costs in colleges, it freaks me out. You know, when push comes to shove, am I going to be paying my for my kid to live in a dormitory that's more like a, a resort price or more like, hey, it's just a, a, a bunk bed in a very small room. And it feels like it's more of the resort pricing versus the uh, hostel pricing than it should be. So as 2020 comes to a close, it's clear that the United States is going to mark 2020 as a lot of things, right? But about 300,000 Americans have died due to COVID-19. 10 million fewer jobs in the United States. Those are things that we're going to remember 2020 on. But we're also going to remember 2020 as the year the country pivoted between on-campus and remote learning. I saw that a couple of universities have had to pull out of bowl games in football because the, t- the team is just wiped out. There's like too many infections. It, it went through the whole you know, department. I'm like, why are we even playing these games? They're games. But there's big money involved. And for some kids, they have you know NFL dreams. It's You have to be cautious because you might be taking away their right to earn a paycheck. And it, it's just it's such a mess right now. But this is a year our country pivoted. 2020 is also the United States surpassed owing over $1.7 trillion in student debt. The Federal Reserve estimates that in the third quarter of 2020, Americans owe over $1.7 trillion in student debt. That's an increase of 4% from 2019. So even though our kids pivoted and started doing distance learning, the cost still went up 4%. And that, that number 4% is important to me because it typically runs around 6% in colleges. <clears throat> and that's faster than inflation. And the question is, is your income growing faster than 4%? And for most Americans, the answer is no. So it's broadly assumed that President-elect Biden is going to forgive up to $50,000 of federal student loan debt for borrowers through executive action. Biden has proposed creating a program that offers $10,000 of undergraduate or graduate student loan debt for every year of national or community service for up to five years. Um, The Peace Corps. You know, can we get our kids motivated to pay off their debt by sending them overseas to represent the United States in a good way and maybe learn some life skills? There's a lot going on in that statement, isn't there? You're like, don't you tell me what to do, Rob Black. I'm like, I know. So housing numbers out today, again, show us that there's this massive imbalance of supply and demand. And prices are rising faster than what might be healthy for the market. The median price of an existing home sold in November was 310000 310800 bucks. I know you're saying, wow, that's like half of the cheapest house you could possibly buy in a drug neighborhood in a crime-ridden zip code in California. 
So 310, 800,000 is the median home price in America. But that's up 14.6% compared with November 2019. Keep in mind, we're looking at some numbers now tied towards pre-pandemic or right before the pandemic started. So statistics are going to be interesting in 2021 compared to 2020. Or did we compare them to 2019? Low mortgage rates are helping fuel demand at every price point. Average rate on a 30-year fixed mortgage is slightly over 3%. But it sank in November to in the high 2% range. That gives buyers more purchasing power. And again, I don't think most Americans buy homes and go, you know, well, honey, we have a 2.8% loan. They go, how much can we afford a month? So the lower-priced mortgages have made it the easiest potential to get more bang for your buck or to get settled in for just exactly what you could possibly pass for for your buck average number of weddings homes being sold how many people have been infected will the vaccine work or not these are all the 2020 great story wrap-ups of the year no i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing more find me online at robblackshow.com want the podcast with music Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I'm good with credit unions. I just heard that we have a sponsor. It's kind of cool to um, be tied towards Provident Credit Union. So kind of stoked on that. Credit unions are a little different than banks, but not to the point it, you know, we have to have a massive discussion on it in our society, I think. Come on, help me out, people. You know what a credit union is. And a little bit less rigid, typically a little bit more friendly, typically slightly lower interest rates offered to you. Deposits are insured in the same way, slightly different insurance company than the bank. So if a bank robber goes into the bank and steals your money. You're covered up to a certain threshold, which we're going to call $100,000. But banks have never gone, well, the bank robbers took all our money and we got nothing left. But we still kind of strangely talk about it just in case there's an economic collapse in the world. And maybe a bank had their neck too far out on the limb. So we kind of still talk about it, but we never see it in action. Um, I don't know. I've always liked credit unions. They just have that local feel. It's almost like the local restaurant versus the McDonald's. But I think we all have different opinions on this. So I'll chat with you later on that for sure. Take a look at the market growth and growth concerns are weighing on the market. Congress passed a $900 billion stimulus package, ensuring it won't go down as the Grinch that stole Christmas. There'll be a $600 direct stimulus check with income limitations, $300 per week of supplemental unemployment benefits, $284 billion for the Small Business Administration and payroll support programs. Although I think that's got people in a tizzy as well. Um, Again, if you don't own a small business, you're like, don't bail them out. And if you do, you're like, bail them out. But if you're a Republican, you have a different angle than if you're a Democrat. Big business, pay more taxes. Big business, pay no taxes. It's kind of goofy time in America where the haves and the have-nots are, are looking at everyone else's side of the de- uh, deal. 
The $900 billion package is roughly 4.3% of nominal GDP. It's a big deal, $900 billion. So we're okay. Wall Street's kind of looking at it going, I want it more. Like it's, I think you're going to be okay on this one, Wall Street. But we have some marked up prices. It's interesting to talk a little bit about Tesla because Apple's getting love for a new car that no one's ever seen. I know you're saying you take one day off, Rob, yesterday because there was a little bit of a car accident Sunday night. But that's another story. Um, You take one day off and um, Apple announces a car. (laughs) Sounds about right, huh? Consumer confidence is tumbling right now. Can you imagine we live in such a country that we're sending out unemployment benefits, extensions, massive stimulus for a broken economy. And we're talking about hundred thousand dollar Tesla's and what is Apple's car going to cost hundred thousand dollars or more or less. We're talking about adding billions to companies market cap. So Apple's surging another 4% today. Tesla's a little bit lower, but no one knows on Tesla. Is this tied towards them being out of the S&P 500? Or is this tied towards more competition coming down the road? One analyst said, hey, Apple's in a bubble territory with competition coming down the road. That Those are fighting words. The marijuana industry is bouncing back, and we know this because Snoop Dogg's in the news. Snoop Dogg's Casa Verde Capital has closed in on $100 million as the cannabis industry is roaring back it's an investment fund co-founded by the cannabis connoisseur i know you're saying okay wait there's an investment fund that snoop dogg co-founded called casse verde capital do we not live in the greatest country in the world we'll give like a a weed smoker a hundred million dollars to go find companies that are in the weed industry and maybe he's got better insight in it than an investment banker right the public perception of the cannabis industry. Um, there's a couple public personas. I think it's becoming a lot easier to look at marijuana as a recreational drug, similar to alcohol, whereas for my parents' generation, it was like a, a gateway drug to crack. Like the, the perspective is changing ever so slightly. But Snoop Dogg is in suit and tie. He's actually in suit and bow tie. Because he's pulling in a hundred plus million dollars to go buy, find weed investments. It's the greatest country in the world at times, is it not? And like I said, the public persona on it is I think it's shifting. It's like there's two countries that have it completely legal in the world, and there's 190 plus countries. I, I lost count playing risk. Um so that perspective is changing. You know, the, the demographics of it, the volume of people being able not to be arrested for it is growing and it's it's an industry that you just it's tough to like as it from a, a financial balance spreadsheet angle there's been a lot of dot-com era kind of craziness when you see airbnb valued more than hilton and hyatt and in the top five hotels put together you're like what's going on how did i miss this but same thing with the marijuana industry it's it's got it's kind of a speculative profile right now Just be a little bit careful on this one, okay? Um, 
I get trying to expose your money to growth. But right now, one of the things that's not working on Wall Street is growth. Third estimate for GDP was released this morning, made the comparison to nominal GDP easy to come by. So the economic data is a little, no, I'm not going to say troubling, but there's some leap of faith that you have to take in it on the gap that we're missing in 2020. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com.